0: Listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi, everyone. It's your
1: daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 19th of April 2023. Latest and later, the latest market moves. But first, more than half of all Australians now have high interest savings accounts, that's according to NAB, with two-thirds of those in the age bracket between of 18 to 29 with one of those accounts. For more, Raina Bosch spoke with NAB's personal banking executive, Kylie Young, for more.
2: It's showing that uh, younger Australians are wanting to secure their future and their financial wellbeing um, and ensure that they're contending with rising living costs. So they're putting whatever savings they've got into a higher interest account. And what are they putting the savings towards? We know overwhelmingly uh, this cohort are eager to invest in property, um, and obviously, we know that the uh, property prices are challenging right now as well. And so, what this is showing is there is a savviness within this generation to put away as much savings as possible. Noting that they might need a larger deposit perhaps than they once thought they do. Um, and so, how do they then make their you know hard-earned money work harder for them once they're saving? Now, your release did say that uh, younger Australians want to put money towards a house. Want is very different to can. Uh, what do you have to say to that? Well, I think certainly this generation is facing more challenges than the ones that came before them. Um, There is no doubt that property prices are higher, interest rates are higher, but they're also displaying um, really fabulous um, money management um, and sort of savvy-saving behaviours. And so they're definitely a generation that is, you know, Thrifty, looking for bargains, um, you know making thoughtful decisions as to spending behaviors and cutting back on you know coffees or lunches or driving their car a little bit less um, in order to save money on petrol and where they've got those savings they're looking for products that are going to help them you know boost that deposit. so they're definitely um, more engaged um, as a generation with their financial well-being and that's a great thing. And we have to ask as a bank what is considered a good savings rate? Well, that's a great question because it really depends. Um, so um, it is a really competitive market right now for savings products. And so it's a great opportunity for um, customers of any age group to shop around, um, but not just on price, but also on features. So um, those savings products that sort of make you lock away the savings for a bit longer will always reward you with a high interest rate. So it really depends on whether you want to be accessing that money um, on a regular basis um, or whether you want to sort of parcel it away, um, because definitely the interest rate that you get will kind of depend on the access to that money. Now, there has been a lot of criticism about banks perhaps not moving fast enough to up their interest rates in line with the cash rate. What do you have to say to that? Well, we definitely um, do our best to make sure that um, customers understand um, what our decisions are, both on um, both on the mortgage side and the savings side. Um, I can't speak for um, the whole industry. We know that at NAB um, we regularly are. Uh, put, um, uh, make sure that those changes are always aligned on the same date and we reach out to our customers um, um, via, you know, email letters um, and sort of within the app to make sure that there is, you know, regular communication and understanding about um, how their products are changing. And what are you seeing in terms of demand for your products? We're definitely seeing um, increased appetite for those high-interest savings products. Um, And I think, you know, during the sort of lower interest rate environment, perhaps during the pandemic when people had sort of savings that was sort of built up, there was a lot of that money um, sitting in transaction accounts. And now that they're... um, has been a real growth in um, interest rates. Um, a lot of um, customers are moving that money and getting, making it work better for them, which is awesome. Um, and so we're definitely seeing um, an increased take-up on in those high-interest savings accounts. And finally, Kylie, is this a sign that financial literacy is improving among younger Australians? Absolutely. And I think it's a great thing. So I, I think all Australians, but particularly um, the younger Australians, are more engaged now in their financial wellbeing than they ever had been, and that's a great thing.
1: Kylie Young there from NAV speaking with Raina Bosch. And, of course, uh, the HCCC is investigating how banks set interest rates for savers, including the differences between interest rates between bank deposits and home loans. And the HCCC will uh, inform Uh, the federal government, of what it found sometime later this year. Let's go to the Australian share market now, which rose just by 0.1%, 7,365. For more, I spoke with Mark Gardner from Macro.
0: It's a pretty quiet day on uh, the ASX today. Uh, We've got um, uh, the VIX volatility index, uh, commonly referred to as the fear and greed index, At its lowest level uh, probably in 12 months or more and um, so uh, the main focus is really on u.s earnings with uh, you know the the largest sort of market cap companies reporting next week around wednesday
1: we did have some companies report overnight what's the feel so far
0: it's mainly been the financials and the banks so far Um, it's only been about around the eight percent mark um, of the market cap of the s p 500 so far Um, it's, it, a lot of it's been the bigger banks. Um, we've had Goldman Sachs, um, you know, Morgan Stanley, etc. They've, um, you know, they've all reported fairly well. Um, that big end of town was probably not uh, really, um, you know, a source of concern in terms of liquidity uh, for um, for the market uh, based on last month's sort of banking crisis or uh, incident, as I'm calling it now. Um, most of them have actually beaten expectations so far, and um, and and on uh, revenue and earnings per share. Uh, and also showing that they've got uh, pretty solid balance sheets. So I think um, to get some further clues on the, um, you know, on that banking sector, we'll probably have to look at the regional banks, which will come up in the next week and a half. Um, and I think they'll be probably looking at more capital and liquidity ratios there rather than, um, you know, the, the headline earnings per share and revenue numbers. Um, but yeah, we I think next week's the, really the big um, earnings earnings week. Um, I think one night we've got 20% of the S&P uh, 500 mark. cap reporting uh, all in one night.
1: I guess the other really big international story over the past few days, that better than expected Chinese GDP print from yesterday, up 4.5% for the year. What do you think this means for Australia and local stocks, if anything?
0: Yeah, I think this is a really positive thing for local stocks. Um, China's numbers have been really positive uh, fairly broadly for the last month. Uh, Their industrial production number was fairly good uh, yesterday as well. Um, more impressively, they've managed to do it without uh, stimulus, which is how they've generally got things going in the past, um, and they've actually even had some reduction in stimulus with uh, rebates for, um, and, and subsidies for lithium companies uh, being removed, so you know, it is, it is rather impressive and it should definitely provide a positive catalyst for the materials sector, which is about 20% of the ASX 200 index.
1: A couple of local stories, big news from Star Entertainment Group slashing 500 jobs, putting its Sydney casino up for review, there's an earnings downgrade, it's blaming both a softer consumer and deteriorating operating conditions following those damaging inquiries in both New South Wales and Queensland. So what's your take on the company, the challenges it's facing, and the actual environment that it's working in?
0: Stars claiming that it's a uh, an unfair environment here at the moment. Obviously, with the freezing of um you know freezing of, of, of pay uh, reduction in uh, headcount, um, and a review from Baron Joey going through where the board has basically said they'll uh, consider any real um, structural alternatives to return shareholder value. Um, you know they're they're not in a great way. Um, and I think overall, it's very hard to keep your talent when, um, you know, when you're freezing salaries and cutting jobs, and uh, they won't be from the risk management part of the business, which is um, a good thing, uh, at least they've listened a small amount to the uh, government inquiries. But uh, I think they're proceeding with the sale of a Gold Coast um, hotel uh, to improve their, their liquidity. But Fairly rough waters ahead for Star, I would imagine, um, as they try to dig themselves out of the hole that they've created for themselves over the last few years.
1: Uh, we're seeing more action in the EV space, with the federal government announcing plans to introduce Australia's first national electricity vehicle strategy, but no real details apart from that. How are investors positioned in this space?
0: I think the for the investors, realistically, it's a global story rather than a um, you know than, a, than an Australian story. I think there's there's already been some government involvement in um, some refineries. Iluca, IGO, um, and Wailu have done uh, have gone a long way in de- in developing some rare earth refineries um, and also some downstream nickel refineries as well. Um, that was announced a couple of days ago from IGO and Wailu. Um, with some government subsidies backing that up as well. So, yeah, it really does bring home, um, you know, bring home a a lot of, um, you know, a lot of refinery business, which we would normally just be shipping off. Um, It also goes a long way, particularly in that rare earth space, to um, reducing China's stranglehold. Um, Myanmar and China are 90% of the rare earth production in the world and 99% of the refining goes on in China. So... That sort of project is being really sought after by global um, you know, by global battery companies because they uh, they're very concerned about um, supply chain risks of China um, having a stranglehold on supply.
1: And just wrapping up, uh, you know, given this current environment, we're still seeing interest rates pretty high, inflation still pretty high too. Where do you see the opportunities for investors?
0: Um, we're we're in high levels of cash and bonds at the moment, um, and just and playing a little bit cautious. Um, so, the gravity of, you know, and the, the speed at which those rate hikes were delivered last year, we usually see that on, a, on a, at least a 12 month lag overall. Um, so, I think those US earnings will be a real insight into the, um, you know, in, into the rea- economic reality of those rate hikes. And uh, I dare say we're going to see some business leaders, um, you know, provide some insights with their outlooks. Uh, energy sector, there's still, you know, with the energy transition the way it is, there's still great opportunities there. Uh, we're also looking at, um, you know, a bit of a strong focus on non-cyclical businesses, um, saying consumer staples and food um, or healthcare, uh, be, because they tend to be uh, quite immune to the economic cycle. So, um, so, yeah, there's still opportunities out there, but you, you definitely have to um, refine, you know, the amount of stocks and go for high quality management and, um, you know, and, and very strong balance sheets as it stands at the moment.
1: Mark Gardner there from
0: Macro Wealth.